I'm Bethany Dawson and welcome to My Classic Soul, the podcast dedicated to the best in soul and R&B music throughout the decades. In our latest episode, SoulMusic.com founder David Nathan catches up with the legendary Candy Staten, a recent 2020 inductee into the Soul Music Hall of Fame in two categories, Lifetime Achievement and Female Artist. Today, they talk about her amazing six decades in music, the story behind her timeless classic Young Hearts Run Free, and being successful in both the popular music and gospel genres. I hope you enjoy it. Well, it is my esteemed (laughs) privilege, honour, joy, pleasure (laughs) to welcome to My Classic Soul um, a a real pioneer and and legend in in contemporary music. Um, And and this is a lady that I've had the opportunity to interview, talk with, get to know over a chat. 1977 is the first time we did an interview. So that's 1977 to 2020. My math's not that good. Let's see, is that 43? 43 years. That sounds like a lot. That sounds like forever. It does. It (laughs) It doesn't seem like we've been knowing each other for 40-something years. So welcome, welcome to My Classic Soul, Candy Staten. Thank you, David. It's really great to see you today. It's Um, good to see you as well. And, and, you know, in particular, of course, this is coming on the heels of you having been inducted into the Soul Music Hall of Fame by popular vote online and wow. at soulmusic.com, which is really great. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that later. But what I really wanted to first uh, talk about, Candy, is that the fact that you have five decades. Yes. Actually, more than five decades of performing and recording which is phenomenal. I mean, it's really phenomenal. And, and not just in one genre, mm-hmm. but literally, you know, I'm trying to think, is there a genre that you have not yet sung in? I mean, I know gospel, of course, you know, what people call Southern soul, our rhythm and blues, yeah. and then of course dance music, um, uh, contemporary Christian music. I mean, you, you literally... I mean, some things that you've done, I think, have even been nominated, if I'm not correct, if I'm not wrong, for Americana Awards and Americana yes. category, yes. I think, at the Grammys. Um, so you've I've done a whole Grammy, Grammy Awards. I've been inducted into yes. the Alabama Hall of Fame wow. um, and the Christian Music Hall of Fame. Yes. Yes. And that was the R&B Hall of Fame. So uh, it's just with gospel music as well, gospel uh, they uh, well, another lifetime achievement they gave me with yes. the gospel music. So I mean, I don't, you know, just sit and think about those things. Uh, it's so strange. I just when I when one of those, these happen, I just thank God and and keep moving forward. Yes. And I am so blessed and uh, to receive this um, prestigious award that you all have given me, and especially the fans that voted for me to be in this uh, Soul Music Hall of Fame. It's great. I couldn't believe it. Um, I was looking on my phone and I saw it. Bill hadn't gotten back to me. And I said, what is this? (laughs) And I said, 
oh my God, why didn't y'all tell me? (laughs) But I found it on my Instagram. I think it was the Instagram. Mm -hmm. And it was just, I was just, I was thrilled. I was just really thrilled. Very well deserved. And, And again, so there are all those genres of music I just mentioned. So let's just, I'm just curious, is there a genre of music that you have not yet sung in? Well, jazz? I, I, I tried in jazz. You know, I tried, I could never seem to get the jazz feel, but I, I did do some things in jazz. I think it was a gospel. I did something in in jazz. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what's his name? Waylam. Um, Charles Waylam. Yeah, it was yes. in uh, Love Is You. I think it's Love Is You. Mm-hmm. We did. We got on some of the jazz stations. Okay. That one, "Love Is You," is off of um, uh, my one of my um, "Love Is You" is on Unstoppable. Oh, okay, which is it's a recent Unstoppable. Your two thousand. was. Uh, he. he yeah. I called him up and asked him would he be on it with me, and he said he would be delighted. I owe him one. So <laughs> I some more jazz before it's over because I promised him. I said you'd be on this one. You call me, I'll be on one of yours. <laughs> so I want to do that for him. I want to go back a little bit uh, in time, yeah. and I want to ask you, of course, you know, uh, those who've really studied your career know that you started out, it, you know, singing in church, and you started yeah. out performing on the road at a very young age, yes. and on, on, on the on on the gospel circuit of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, with uh, people like Mahalia Jackson and uh, mm-hmm. Reverend Steele Franklin and so on. Yes. Um, I'm just going to ask you if you can, I know that's a, a, a ways back to go back to, to, to remi- remembering, but do you recall if even back then you had any thoughts that you would have a career in music? I didn't think it would be this much. Mm-hmm. I, I thought once I left the Jewel Gospel Trio, my music, uh, you know, my, my part in the music industry would be over. I was about 17 when I left. Um, I was there, I was 11 or 12 when I started with the Jewel Trio. We made eight records, which is online now. You can probably go up and find it, the Jewel Gospel Trio. And David, it was so amazing because we were the only group out there with a band. Wow. We only we were the only gospel group because back in the day, back in the, you know, the the late 40s and the early 50s, nobody in the gospel industry had a band. Right. They might have had a guitar. The portrait singers might have had a guitar. And some of them are like Mahalia Jackson. She had a keyboard player. Hmm. But that was about it. Because at that time, their thinking was so warped in terms of music. They didn't want uh, all, they said, that's the devil's music. And we don't want all that, you know, all that going on in the churches and all that stuff. They didn't like it. But we couldn't go to churches. Fortunately, we were very fortunate to get with a, a bishop who had 30 churches around the country. And so we would go to those churches. They would come in and uh, and watch us there because we they had the music when we got there. I had never seen anything like it. And and then to make make it to and to make it even more exciting, they had a dance floor, <laughs> just like the dance floor you see in disco. Yeah. It would be filled. 
and they would be playing gospel. <laughs> we were way before our time. That's so pioneered. <laughs> That's real pioneers. Yes, we were. We were. And when we got, to, I got to that church, I think I was 11 years old, and I saw the gospel steel guitar. I saw the rhythm guitar. I saw the drums and the keyboards. I'm like, this is amazing. And they call us up, you know, to sing. My sister and I, Maggie, they call us up to sing. And the, and the band just kind of caught on to what we were singing because we were singing old hymns. So they knew those. And I mean, the dance floor was Filled. <laughs> like I never want to leave this church. <laughs> this is interesting, Candy. You know what's so interesting about it in particular? I'm laughing so much because obviously you would, you know, one of the pioneers in the dance music field of gospel, and then of course you go back, you know, on to the future, to the '70s, yeah. and you know, you're a massive success with. Young Hearts uh, Run Free and some program and all the things that happen uh, later on. So it sounds like dance and dancing and, and, and rhythm have been a part of your career, it, uh, really from way, way back. So oh, you used yes. to having people yes. dancing in music, right? <laughs> That's why I love I dub disco. They can name it whatever they want to. You know, house music. They put put it in so many genres. Right, right. But it's still disco to me. You know, <laughs> it, it yes, never yes. will never stop because it's the beat. It's the yes. beat. And I love I love the fast beat where wow. you can move and, and, and just have a great time. By the time you finish the show, I mean everybody is like up there we're, we're all excited and and energy level is high so yeah. i've always been that way i always love it of course i love ballads too yeah. i love ballads and, and, and there are times when you need a ballad and i want to talk to you about that too so so here we to set the stage again so started out you didn't know you'd have the kind of career you have had but yeah. as, as people who are like real r&b folks know um mm -hmm. you know, our first um uh, introduction to you uh, was of course as an R&B, as we said, rhythm and blues singer um, mm -hmm. back in the uh, late '60s um, and, and, and beginning of the '70s uh, with the re recordings you made at Fame Records. Yes. And you know, uh, many people think of you. I think I, I think I'd be correct in, in, if I said that um, you're often referred to as a Southern soul stylist or a Southern soul singer. Yeah. Uh, not so much just because you obviously are from the South, but mm -hmm. more because of the kind of records they were. You know, obviously you recorded in Muscle Shows and yes. you know, the whole flavor uh, that, that, that made those records so, um, uh, so much the part of rhythm and blues of that time. Yeah. Uh, so morphed into this singer who was known a lot for ballads. I mean, some of those, uh, they weren't all ballads, but I'm thinking about, uh, or can I say, we could say mid, mid tempo ballads, like Stand By Your Man, your remake of yeah. that, and In yeah. the Ghetto, uh, um, you know, yeah. song. So, how, how was that um, transition from gospel to RB for you? What was it like? Oh, Lord, you don't have two hours. No, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I could tell you some stories. But I, sure. I, it, was, it was very painful. Actually, mm -hmm. um, when you're, it's it's such a, it's such a, I don't know what you would call it, David, but once you get into gospel, 
um, they don't think you should ever move out of it. They don't they don't look at it like it's I call it life music. Mm. Uh, Al Green and I was talking up one day when we were on tour together and he asked me a question. He said, Kenny, what's wrong with I'm so tired of being alone? Mm. I said, absolutely nothing. I said, I'm tired of being alone too. Everybody gets tired of being alone. I said, that's live music. He said, why did they, 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 they really talk about me so badly when I did these songs? I said, that's just the way that they, they are. That's that, the mentality. They think when you, you know, you can't say anything other than something that has Jesus or God mm-hmm. or heavenly or the angels singing mm-hmm. or something in it like that. Anything else is, and, and, and the blues, don't we all have that sometimes? Mm-hmm. Look at the COVID-19. How many people right now can sing the blues? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is real. Yeah, and yeah, and, yeah. and you, you, get, you get that feeling sometimes. And you, what you're doing, you're really singing preaching. You're singing preach. You're singing mm-hmm. uh, motivational speaker. You're mm-hmm. singing things that we go through every day. Things that you, you divorce, you get married, you mm-hmm. fight. You, 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 you have a disagreements. All of that could be in a song. I was just saying, a matter of fact, Johnny, Johnny Brick told me to tell you hello. Okay. I, I, I was on with him yesterday and he was, we were talking about that and we were saying, you know, it's just amazing how people put you in a box and zip you up and mm-hmm. you can't get out. And mm-hmm. so um, I just decided that, you know what, I'm going to do me. And when I decided to do me, talk about me. You can say whatever you want to say. I'm going to do me. And I began to write for myself. I began to sing to myself. I began to, things that I couldn't talk about to you, I could put it in music. And I was thinking about David Crawford. When I met David Crawford, I'd known David for many years because he had played keyboards for the Caravans, which was a gospel group back in the, back in the 50s. And uh, we would always get to the keyboards and we would sing together. And when he came to Warner Brothers and, and, I, and Rick let me go to Warner Brothers, he, 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 um, Warner Brothers, I signed a contract with Warner Brothers. We had one record on Warner Brothers. He would, uh, Rick Hall and I, and and they were the distributor for mm-hmm. fame, yeah. and they told Rick. They said, "If this record doesn't go, can we can we sign her personally?" And Rick said, "Yeah," and that was on contract. So I think they did it on purpose, to David. That they the, <laughs> the record didn't do for thirty thousand, and there I was signed to Warner Brothers. And I came in the studio. They called me up. They said, "We think we have found you a producer." I said, who is it? He said, David Crawford. I said, I know him. And he said, yeah, well, can you come to Bur- Burbank? We, uh, I was at a hotel in L.A. So they sent me a car. I came up to Burbank. And, uh, and, and I met David. And we got to talking. And we was like, he was so excited. He's like, I have so many songs I've written. And I know you can tear them up. I said, let's do it, David. And so they, they, they put us together. Mm-hmm. And every day, David. We would go in and to lunch. He was, come on, let's go get some lunch. We'd go to lunch, and I was involved at that time with this horrible—I mean, horrible—guy. Okay. And I was trying to get away from him, 
and 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 he was threatening me. He was threatening my life. He was talking about killing my children and kidnapping them if I left or left him. He was threatening me, terrorizing me. And I would tell David, I said, David, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. Do you have any idea of what I can do? He says, well, divorce him. I said, he won't. He said he would kill me if I did. So anyway, I got it in a book. And make a long story short, he was writing those things down. I noticed he was wow. writing. When we were having lunch, he'd be writing. And and when I walked in the studio, I, I went out there first time to get some song, the song, the album together. And he had put another song in. And he, the music was so beautiful. I walked in the studio and dun, 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 dun. I said, David, what in the world is that? He said, oh, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. And I went into that studio and he said, I'll tell you what, why don't you take a break, go to lunch. I haven't written the second verse yet. By the time you get back, the second verse will be written and we'll be ready to put it down. I said, okay. So I went and had lunch and came back in. So he gave me the song. He went into the uh, uh, to the vocal booth with me. Mm-hmm. And he sang it down for me like it was supposed to be sung. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at the lyrics. And then he said, you want to try it? I said, oh, I'd love to try it. And when I started singing it, I sung it perfect. Wow. One take. Because wow. I sung my life. Yes. Right there in front of me was yes. my life. And that's where the feeling came from. That's where the, the real came from. Those lyrics. What's the sense in sharing this one and only life? Ending up just another lost and lonely life. You'll count up the years and they'll be filled with tears. Love only breaks up to start over again. You'll get the babies, but you won't have your men. While he's busy loving every woman that he can. You say you're going to leave a hundred times a day. It's easier said than done. And you just can't break away. Young hearts run free. Never be hung. Like my man and me. Mm. And I was just floored. Because as I read the lyrics, I was almost in tears. Well, yeah. Wow, that's my life I'm talking about. You know, yeah. oh my God. And that's why he said, you can come in now. I came up there, he played it back. I said, oh, want me to do it again? He said, I wouldn't touch that. Hmm. He said, I wouldn't touch that. He said, you'll never do it like you just did it. So that is a first take. Yeah, first take. Wow. You know, I know we've talked many times before and, and possibly you have told me parts of that story. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you've ever told it to me exactly that way. Yeah. And that is amazing. So really, I guess what you're saying, I'm, I'm going to say something about what you just said. Mm-hmm. In other words, the, the music that you were singing as a child, gospel music, uh, which is about y- your truth. Mm-hmm. And then as a as a R&B soul, Southern soul singer, so yes. to speak, you were singing about your life. Mm-hmm. And, and even if you didn't always write the songs, but these things that you related to. Yes. And here comes this, uh, this particular recording, which is directly a reflection of, lo- of your life at the time. Yes. And who knew that it would go on to become this classic, this anthem, this timeless. I mean, 
generations of right. people have just gone to that, singing to it. Yes. Um, and, yes. and, and, and it's based on real life. So, so I guess it, it, I was going to say that maybe we should, we should just call you a real life singer. <laughs> when, when I can feel it the most is when I'm gone through it. Yeah. When you know you've gone through the pain of a song, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I see your clothes are packed, baby, and she's waiting for you on the outside. Those kind of songs that mm-hmm. I sing, I've experienced. Yes. And now, that's why I can put so much of myself in it. Soul music is not like it used to be. No. We used to sing our soul, which is our mind and will and emotion. People do nothing now except ad-lib over and over and over and ad-lib. I love a country, love country music for that. I love country music because they tell stories and you say stories in country music. And that's why I love it. I love it. I grew up with country music. I grew up with country music, gospel music. And, and I tell you, it was, and you can put them both together. Ray Charles and I were having a conversation when we were at the Latin Theater. And I used to go down in his room, uh, his dressing room, uh, every day, you know, when, when, just before the show was, would start. And we, we would have Amaretta, Amaretta and coffee. <laughs> he would say, see you again tomorrow. <laughs> we have our favorite drink. That's what he drank just before he went on stage. He had his Amaretta and the coffee. And it really was good. But I was a little tipsy and he was a little tipsy too. So we would sit there and we would talk and he would talk and he told me something, David, that just blessed me so much and I'll never forget it. He said, you know you're a female, Ray Charles. Wow. That's what he said. He said, I guess you know your style is a female, Ray Charles. He said, because you got a little gospel, you got a little rhythm and blues, and you got a little country. Mm. That's what makes us different. Mm. You know, it's so amazing, like, hearing you recount the, the, again, as we go through your history, so to speak, because it it, it does touch upon so many aspects of music. Um, But the thing I I want to ask you specifically, because, of course, when I'm looking at the first interview we did in 1977, now, other people, yes, the headline the headline, let me see if I can square it. Oh up. my goodness, you still I'm not very good with these camera things, but it's candy, candy, sweet as ever, but I can run producers up the wall. <laughs> Let's pause there for a quick break. Then we'll return to David Nathan and Candy Staten as they reflect on the year since David's first interview with Candy back in 1977. Now on Soul Music Records in association with Platinum Garage Recordings, Preston Glass presents Love and Compassion, Volume 3. The third volume of the successful Preston Glass Presents Love and Compassion digital album series, continuing the positive messages of the previous two volumes. It includes guest artists Larry Graham, Chubby Tavares, Debbie Sledge, Robin S., and The Temptations' Ron Tyson. 
Preston Glass Presents Love and Compassion, Volume 3, is out now on all digital platforms. All you teach is time to teach a new way. Maybe then they'll listen to what you have to say. The thing I was going to say is, of course, at that time, yeah. um, you know, this is just in the wake of Young Hearts Run Free, and mm-hmm. they just done the album with uh, Bob Monaco, who also, of course, had produced Rufus yeah. and Taka Khan, and, um, and, and, and that was the album, um, which I'm going to always, I always get this, I don't know why some reason I get this title wrong, but I'm going to get it right this time. Okay, it is Music Speaks Louder Than Words. Oh, Yes. 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 Monaco. Yes. Uh, what was his first name? Was Bob. It? Bob. Bob Monaco. That's. I'm gonna tell you how that ha- album album happened to be. Uh, I was supposed to do a, a second album with David, mm-hmm. and he backed out. He would not do another album with me. He said, you know what? And I hate to talk about. You know, he's deceased, so I'd yeah. I, I hate to talk about that, but. He was jealous wow. of the success. He said he should have sung the song. And I'm thinking, how could you have sung a song like that, though, David? You know, how could you even take those lyrics? You're not a woman. <laughs> but he would not do the second album. Warner Brothers tried to get him to do it. He wouldn't do it. Had we done Victim right behind this song, Men Hearts Run Free, we would have gone up levels sure. in terms of the of music industry. But he he backed out. He wouldn't do it. And um, he went and did his own album. Hmm. Instead of doing one on me, he did his own album. And uh, Bob Monaco was around, and he was Chaka Khan's, you know, uh, producer. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's how we got Listen to the Music. Yeah. And uh, 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 Nice Young Boy. The Nights on Broadway, you yeah. know, all those kind of songs, which took us all the way in another genre mm-hmm. of music. And when once I've learned that in, in my many years of being in the music industry, you got to keep the flow going. Yeah. If you in a flow, you got to keep it going that way. Yeah. You can't just all of a sudden turn around and do something else. You, you grab a whole different audience. Mm-hmm. And That's so true. I learned that, but I had to learn it the hard way. Yeah. Now, when people started referring to you as a, quote, disco or dance music artist, some people didn't know about your career prior to that. And they almost thought that you were like a, a new artist, so to speak. How, yeah. how did you feel about, uh, you know, suddenly being one of the, you know, the main for that t- time period, certainly from late 70s to, to yeah. early 80s, being like, a, you know, considered, a, a, you know, one of the most popular, successful dance music artists. How did you feel about that? Oh, my goodness. They thought I was a one-hit wonder. You know, when they, when they, they remember Stand By Your Man, but that's all they remembered was Young Heart Run Free. And so they thought I was a one-hit wonder until the compilation came out. Hmm that showed a lot of the other R&B music that we did uh, long before, eight years, actually, eight years of it. With, with Rick Hall, they had no idea that I even had that kind of uh, uh, catalog. Wow. And yes. so once they found out 
This is when the audience began to grow in London and around the world. When mm -hmm. the record came out, uh, um, the classic, with mm -hmm. all the old rhythm and blues songs on it, they could not get enough of it. They did not know I, I was, uh, I could do that. But I did that long before Young Hearts were free. Right, right. It was and amazing. Let me tell you something funny. Yeah. Uh, Rick Hall was, you know, Rick had a, had a yacht. And so he would sing me so hard because, you know, all of the, the, the people that were singers then, they always had this gruff voice, you know, Wilson Pickett and all the, and they would get into that rock. And he would sing me until my voice got raw. If you listen to I'm Just a Prisoner, you'll hear some of that. But my, I've always had a clear voice. Uh, Sam Cooke and I used to talk about our voices in terms of gospel music. Because mm -hmm. in gospel music, you had that gruff voice as well. Mm -hmm. Sam was a cool singer. I was a cool singer. You know, mm -hmm. straight, wonderful, just, just, just sing it like it. Just sing that song without the gruffness and all that stuff. And we could get a song over and the audience would be floored. And, and we didn't have to do that hard type of singing. Yes. But um, Rick was on his yacht. And uh, he was in the, on a Saturday. He told me this, and I was so it was so funny. He said, uh, I was sitting there, just sitting back, having a drink. And we were on the middle of the water, and I was just relaxing. And he said, Candy, uh, there was a snit radio on. <clears throat> and this song came on. Doo, 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 doo. You know, what's the sense in sharing this one and only life? And Rick said, he said, whoever that is, sure got a hit. <laughs> so he, said, he told me he said and they said that brand new record for candy state and he fell out of his chair he said he fell the chair fell. he said how did i miss that <laughs> so, yeah, I get it. That is, that is that really is funny. That is. It is. I laugh. We both lit. We both. Laugh. I said, "See, I told you, you didn't have to. I didn't have to sing a song 13, 14 times. I told you that, and you didn't right. listen to me." <laughs> I said, "You better had music like that all along." <laughs> what the other? The other. Uh, that, that's a great. By the way, that's a great story. That's a great story. <laughs> it's true. Uh, now, one of the uh, the other song that I think a whole generation discovered you uh, was a song that came out uh, in the in the I think if I'm correct, like the late '80s or mid '80s. You got the love. Yes. Uh, which, of course, then became even more known to a whole nother audience uh, thanks to Florence and the Machine. Yes. <laughs> so, so you you keep you keep kind of having these different uh, lifetimes, so to speak, within yes. you. So when you um, when you found out, uh, I, I, tell me how, how did you when you first heard the Florence and Machine version of "You Got the Love"? What was what was your reaction to it? Well, I loved it. I loved it. To be honest with you, uh, you see, we own half the publishing on that song. So I, I was making money. <laughs> so I, I didn't care who put it out. You know, as many people want to put it out as they, 
long as you know, as long as I get paid, I don't care because I've done my version. Yeah, and uh, it it was great, and everybody else, you know, oh gosh, I can't even count the people that have covered that song. That song is like a national anthem, and it's so real now. David, when you think about it right now, when I was going through breast cancer, you know I had breast cancer. Yes, I do. And I'm, I'm, I'm clear. I just had my last scan uh, about three months ago, and I'm still cancer-free. But when mm-hmm. I was going through breast cancer, and I know now why people love it, because when you're going through problems, you're going through things, and you, everybody goes through these things. Sometimes I feel like throwing my hands up in the air. I know I can count on you. Sometimes I feel like saying, Lord, I just don't care. But you've got the love I need to see me through. I was walking the hallways of the cancer treatment centers in Newman, Georgia. And I would be doing this, singing my song, walking down the hallway. Sometimes I feel like I'm my hands. And I was going through the worst problems, the worst time I could have ever dreamed of. I was so down and so burdened. I didn't know how it was going to turn out. I didn't know how chemotherapy was going to react to my body. I didn't know how radiation was going to act. I was just in this place and I of, of just didn't know, you know, am I going to live? Is this going to take me out? You know, people get there. We we got millions of people now that could sing that song during COVID nineteen. We all feel like putting We feel like doing this, throwing our hands in the air. And I know I can count on you, God. You got the love I need to see me through this, mm-hmm. and He does. Mm-hmm. He's gonna see us all through it. Wow. We're gonna come out on the bright side. So, so here's the other thing I wanted to ask you, Candy. So, as, as you've talked about your different um, phases of your career, different going, you're doing yeah. different genres of music. And at some point, I know you created your own record label and you started recording albums in the contemporary gospel. Or do, do you call it? Do you call it contemporary gospel? Or do you call it contemporary Christian? What, I what's the genre that you call? You just call it. Okay, that just made me a name. I call it Gospel. Gospel. Okay, I love it. Gospel. My, my fast songs is in the di- disco beat, so I just called it Gospel. Gospel. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so, and 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 how did people, uh, when you started making um, albums again in the gospel tradition, so to speak, yeah. um, how did people react to that? How how did the the gospel how did the gospel audience react for you coming out of all the things that you've been do- doing in? contemporary music and dance music, R&B, how did they respond to you going into now, I want to say back to, but, you know, self-making records again. I I didn't do it for them. I did it for me. I did it for me. And if they received me, fine. And they didn't. They didn't receive me well. They, uh, They looked at me, you know, like I was from another planet. When I walk in the midst of those gospel, the gospel, um, they would have all these conferences and stuff. Some people would, you know, the thing that turned it around, let me just tell you what turned it all around. I, um, I went to a church one time in Memphis and I had out my first gospel record. And um, the church was packed, completely packed around the wall 
People were standing. They came because they were curious. And this was one of those religious churches. And they came more to judge than they did to enjoy. Mm -hmm. So I saw one of my songs. It was called Sin Doesn't Live Here Anymore. That was my first song I wrote after I came back to gospel music. I did it because of my soul, my, my heart, what I wanted to do for God. I just wanted to sing those songs for him. It wasn't about them. It was about me and him. And do you not know, I started telling him about how my life had turned around and I was an alcoholic for all those years and I was into drugs and all those bad things that I'd done, but God delivered me. I'm straight now and I'm, 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 I'm focused and I'm going forward. And, um, do you not know every last person in that church walked out? The church emptied. He left me wow. there with three, three wonderful sweethearts, three homosexual guys <laughs> that, that I love them today because they are so faithful. And they left me there with, and they were the ones that never left. They just sit there and enjoyed it. You better sing, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and I sung to them. <laughs> wow. And I got home. When I got home, David, I was so hurt. Mm -hmm. I said, this is just because you learn early, you don't lose an audience. That's what you learn in the music industry. You, 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 you doing pretty bad when an audience can walk out on you. You, you ain't there. You know, you better check yourself. So I sat there and I began to pray and I said, God, I'm going back to my music where people appreciate me. He says, no, you're not. No, you're not. He said, I'm going to send you somewhere. He said, just be patient. That's when I was invited to do my television shows. I was doing gospel television shows for 25 years. I did a sabbatical and they came to me mm -hmm. to be on my show. Mm -hmm. So that's how I was able to kind of weed myself back into the gospel industry. They were coming to me. Can we come and be on your show? We got, we got three little, I mean, I had so many people coming and I had guests every week. I had guests. And I would do 17 uh, shows at, at, in one week, you know. I would do like four shows a day. And I had all kinds of people coming. I was all over the world. People saw me all around the world, millions of folk. And the Lord just, he's just like, they walked out on you, but I put you on the main stage. All right. <laughs> As you said, you could talk for two hours. And you don't do two hours. Okay. Yes. I'm going to wind this down with a couple of questions. I know you had a, a, a recent re release called Many Moods of Love. Yes. Could you tell us a little bit about that? I wrote that song years ago. Years and years ago. It's about 10 years old. Um, really? Never put it out. Never put it out. But um, I was just thinking about all the moods of love. The, 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 the things that you go through with love, you know, different types of love, um, baby love, uh, children, you love them in a way that you wouldn't love 
your boyfriend or then that kind of love and, and then the love of God and all types of just many moods there are so so many moods of love and we all experience them every last one of us experience the moods of love and I love that song and we finally put it out and okay. it, it, it is a beautiful song to me yes yes all right and then you know to kind of come towards the completion of our interview yeah i don't know how many interviews we've done over the years but we've done quite a lot we haven't done too many on video so this is special. no we have, we have we do it lots on. of radio we have true true yes. so um, i was gonna i wanted to ask you um you know obviously you've made reference to what's happening in the world with the pandemic and how it's mm -hmm. affected the world um in terms of your own i know are you are very active as a performer and you have been active as a performer for as yeah. long as i've known you for sure yes. um, how, how is this impacting your everyday life in terms of you know being able to get out there and perform is, oh. is, it, is it challenging for you it, it you know it, it, it i guess it would have been had i not been um in in at home a lot when i was going through cancer Oh, okay. I was at home about 18 months, couldn't go anywhere. So my immune system was so low, so I had to wear a mask sometimes because they wanted to keep my immune system up so I could kill this cancer. Mm -hmm. And um, so I stayed home a lot. And the moment that, you know, I was ready to go, I, they had me on the Glastonbury Festival for 20 years. Yeah. They had me on the love, you know, love festival. That's a lot of six yeah, or seven yeah. things for me to do in London. Yeah. And I couldn't do it. We had to cancel everything. And so I was kind of used to being at home. And I got, and I guess you could call me a little lazy. <laughs> I got lazy. <laughs> I got to be a television. I got to be. Be a television freak, and I'd watch movie after movie, and I'd you know walk, and I got my little you know elliptical. I'd walk on every day, just walk to try to keep myself up, and and I go around my kids, you know, we 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 go around the grandchildren and 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 my daughters and and my sons and their kids and their kids' kids. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. so I'm just I'm just blessed, you know. I got a chance to really out of all these years, I had never had a chance to really be close to my children. Because I was mm. always working on the road. I would leave them in the hands of strangers, you know, that would take care of them and cook and mothers motherly type people. I would be on the road doing tours. And now I can sit around them all day long. I didn't know how much fun they were. That's great. That yeah, now great. I really, you know, I can feel, you know, we're all so close. We're just family now, and uh, and I'm not going anywhere. And they know where I am at all times, and they come over and we cook together, and I come over to their house and we stay all night over the in different ones' houses, and and it's yep. just been one of those type things. I don't put myself at risk, you know, going yep. into different places. I, I might go into a few restaurants if they're really good restaurants, uh, but I always take my alcohol with me in my okay. purse and clean the tables okay. and the chairs and all that stuff. I'm real careful because yeah. I have an underlying, underlying condition, so yeah. I have to be aware of that. Yeah. So you got to be smart. 
Yeah, and uh, I know home is about the, mo the most safest place I can be. That's true. Well, Candy, it's just such a great, great joy to talk to you. I, I, I say uh, many people I've interviewed over the many decades, and I, I say, you know, every single time we have a conversation, uh, I leave the conversation feeling good, feeling uplifted, feel, you know, feeling like I've had a conversation with a real a real person there's no you know yes. like you know what i'm saying i know what you mean i know yeah. exactly what you mean david <laughs> i'm just an old-fashioned country girl <laughs> <laughs> well uh just again thank you so much for your time today and also you know let's just uh hold up the soul music hall of fame you want to hold up your your the, the thing you have there wow well, I just have to say, Candy, oh, that, that, is, that is the, that not only, of course, as we, if you hold it, not only just in one category, but in two categories. Yes. Yes. Lifetime achievement and uh, female artist. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Thank you, David. Well, thank me. You can thank me, but thank really, the fans the, that did it. The people, the people. Yes, yes, and I love you guys so much. <laughs> well, thank you, Candy, for being as sweet as this. Somewhere, it says somewhere, my little uh, writing thing, interview from 1977. As sweet as ever. Oh gosh, thank you. You've always been so sweet to me, and I thank you for it all. Even in the magazine when it was out, you used That's to right. tell such great stories. Thank you, David. You've been my friend for so long, and I love you so much. You too. You too, Candy. All right, then. Okay. See you soon. Okay, you have a blessed day, and you stay you safe. Too. You too. Thanks, David and Candy. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform and visit us for breaking news and daily updates about your favorite soul and R&B artists over at soulmusic.com. I'm Bethany Dawson. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time on My Classic Soul. <laughs>